I'm Mark McGuinness, and thanks for listening to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. In today's show, we talk to the newly minted author, Ian Cartwright. Ian is a sales coach from New Zealand who specialises in helping agribusinesses and agritech. This means he specialises in helping agricultural businesses to sell better. Importantly, he has a new book out called The Six Fundamentals of Sales Know-How, and it's a practical book to help people learn the ropes of selling, and importantly, to sell in the right way. It's well worth checking out, especially if you have a fresh sales team or if you're new to sales yourself. In this show, we talk about how to best position yourself as a trusted advisor to your clients and how you can avoid being bogged down by the weight of carrying a sales number around. We share what sort of questions you should be asking your clients and why. We cover off what to do if you or your sales team are perhaps in a bit of a form slump in relation to new business. And we give out a little bit of career or sales and career advice towards the end of the podcast as well. As you'd expect, um, all these techniques and ideas are completely transferable to tech and SaaS type B2B selling as well. But before we jump into this chat, can I ask for a quick favor? My goal is to get this podcast into as many ears as possible. If you find this chat with Ian to be of interest, please share it with at least one other person. I'd really appreciate it. You'd be helping make the world a better place for salespeople. Now let's jump in and hear from Ian Cartwright, sales coach and author. Ian Cartwright, welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Mark, thanks very much for having me. Great to meet you here. My absolute pleasure. And we've been swapping messages on email, LinkedIn and everything over the last couple of months because you've got a brand new book out and it is brand new, isn't it? When did you release it? It's scary, isn't it? It only really came out about three weeks ago. Yeah. So out in April, we were looking to do it a little bit earlier, but with the obvious thing that's been going around, we delayed it until we could have an event where people could be there, which we did, which was fantastic. So, yeah, so you know, it's quite exciting. <laughs> it is. I've been watching some of the activity um, through socials and it looks like you're doing an absolute killer job. And the book, of course, is called Six Fundamentals of Sales Know-How. And yep. you've been you've been kind enough to share a copy with me, but in full disclosure, I, I haven't got past the, uh, the the first few pages, so please excuse that. I will get to it. It's all right. I'll forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> it was, so, it was a quite a short notice. <laughs> it, it was. It was. But um, and you're a long time seller, right? So you've been in sales for twenty years sales career. Yeah, um, nearly thirty odd years. I was an electrical draftsman by trade. And did you know, electrical engineering and fell into sales through being an applications engineer and really quite enjoying helping people. Mm. Um, but that fallen was quite, well, it was a bit ironic in a way. It speaks to probably your approach to sales and mine, and that my father was a client of the company I was working with. And my soon to be sales manager went to dad and said, Oh, we're going to move in into sales. And dad said, so You can't do that. He's too honest. <laughs> but it doesn't serve you too badly. Yep. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a blight on old school selling? That that's, and that's the whole thing, and it's one of the reasons for the book is to sort of demystify the dirtiness of sales. As a mm. mate of mine said, that you know people fear it, and it is. A, I, I think it's a great profession because you, as you know, you get to transgress so many different industries and make a difference to so many things, and you learn so much if you can do it well. Yep. Yeah, look, and I've spoken about it before. I, th- I think it's a, it's a, it's the best calling out. Um, you you can do almost, you can make your own lifestyle. You, if you're any good at it, you can. You, there's really a lot of benefits to it. It's it's a fantastic role. But of course, everybody listening here would already be pre-approved and be drinking from the Kool Aid. So, that's no right. need for us to go on that. So, uh, Ian, um, 
you're obviously from New Zealand. For the, we can probably pick that up in the accent. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your, about yourself, a little bit more about your selling career. Why should we listen to you? Uh, and and then I'm, I'd love to hear a little bit about why you decided that you needed to write a book, but maybe a bit about Ian first, if you wouldn't mind. So just started out into sales, and the very first meeting I had with someone was my uncle, who was doing this on purpose. He said, why should I buy your – it was an electronic motor controller. He said, why should I buy that? I said, well, it's the best in the world which is what I've been told by my colleagues, completely green and what a ridiculous things to say. But subsequently from there, um, I guess in the 30-odd years I've been around, I've worked across multiple industries. I've worked with uh, sales teams in 20-odd different countries. And predominantly for the first part of that, first 15 or so years, it was really in motor control within New Zealand and then export as well, so globally. And I started to learn that the way I was doing things worked, my method, regardless of the, the industry and also the country except for the cultural nuances. So getting sales teams in other countries to sort of go through the way I do things and have success themselves, but actually there's something in here. Mm-hmm. But you always have that self-doubt. So at about 2011, I thought, actually, I need to go and do something else and I'm going to step out to a completely different industry. And I did that three or four times, a couple of years at a piece at each different place and really proved to myself that it, that it worked. And then five years ago, went into uh, consulting, sales and marketing advisory. And the thing I've grown most passionate about out of that is um, the whole sales coaching thing. Hmm. So okay. the book started out as a an idea. I guess when you get past a certain age, you sort of you lose reasons why not to, and you lose your inhibitions a bit more, and you think actually I'm not quite so worried about what people think. Although starting to write, I thought, what on earth do you think you're doing? Goose, who <laughs> wants to read what you've got to say? And there's so many sales books out there. So I really wanted to provide this as a bit of a how-to handbook for someone who's completely green in many ways. So new B2B sales professionals or SME owners who are looking to build sales capability. And particularly here in New Zealand, we've got so many small SMEs where you have a lot of founders moving into sales roles and they're so transfixed on their product that they forget about the customer. And I've always found what's worked for me is understanding what it is that you do for the customer in terms of how you make a positive impact to their business and their lifestyle. It's not, as we know, it's not about the product or the service. So when I started doing workshops through my consulting company five years ago, I was producing content that we were using. I thought, actually, it's it's quite useful, that. What am I going to do with it? So I put it in a file. And then I was lucky enough to be accepted to run some workshops for an ECME event, which is supposed to be happening later this year. And I thought, how cool would it be to have finished the book and have it available for sale at that event? So it's just like sales. I had a strategy, so I'd do these things along the way. So I put it out there and uh, Candice for PA, who sort of met project managers me through this. Once I put it out there, I had to do it. Um, and we had to get from 8,000 words to about 30,000 words. But now that I've done it, I've, I'm pretty stoked that I've done it. It's pretty cool. It's scary. Yep. And congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on, on, a, on, a, on, a great, on a great book. And, um, you know, for any people that are thinking about doing it, yes, it's hard work, but gee whiz, it's worth it. Um, it's a great sense of accomplishment when you're finished. Mm. Um, and, and it really makes you understand what it is that you're doing too. It's really hard to fudge your way through a book. You, 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 you've got to be, you've got to know what you're doing. You and do. Know yeah. where to hide. And, well, you can't. And I got some pre-readers too, and I deliberately, with all due respect, got pre-readers from outside of our sales you know, leadership coaching framework. I got some people who are involved in perhaps leadership training or organisation management and change management so they can, can be completely objective about it. And they got it because it's written fairly practically, like Kiwis and Aussies are, but it goes through and provides examples, anecdotes, gives context, and then provides 
uh, worked examples so that the reader can take it through and apply it to their environment so that it is a bit of a handbook and it's useful. So, Yeah, great stuff. And, and I just want to go back a little bit. Um, you were talking about SMEs, you know, how, how lots of business founders and business owners, you know, are challenged with that. How do I create revenue? And, and there was some data that I was looking at yesterday that I wanted to share with people. Um, and that is that in 2021, there was an increase of businesses in Australia. So this is an Aussie ABS data that, that moved from higher to, to um, a higher turnover to below $500,000. So small businesses that turned over an increase of those by 12.5%. Wow. Have a guess how many um, businesses, in what the change was between uh, that moved into the five to 10 mil. Well, we've gone down by 12%. So the the ones that were five hundred that moved down into the five hundred grand yeah, mark was yeah. tw- increased by twelve and a half percent, and the amount of people that moved into the five to ten mil, 05 percent. Yeah, it's got and, tougher out there, isn't it? And it just goes to show the, the biggest challenge for most businesses is small businesses they can't scale their revenue. No, right. So inbound will work for you. You know, when you've got a good network and you've got you know a couple of passionate salespeople and you've got a passionate founder, that's going to get you to two, three, five mil. Mm. Right, but then after that, you need a scalable outbound process because the, otherwise you, you get stuck at that that revenue. And um, and I was really interested to see that data come out yesterday. So anyway, that that's that's why but people need to speak to people like you, Ian. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not dissimilar here. And it sounds like an old format of thing for some people who think it's a bit dated, but really, I still am a big believer in people having a sales playbook of some form because. Yep. If they're going to scale and they're already doing half a million, how do they actually know what they do? Because for founders, it's all up in their head. So get it out of your head. Let's just work out what you do and we'll get it down. And then we've got to think about the next person who's coming into your organisation who's in a sales role because we want to be able to give them something or and show them actually this is how we do it in our organisation because we've already been through and worked out what our sales process is because we understand what it is we do for our clients. We've got our data bank of questions that we can ask that, you know, reveal problems that we know exist, but we just need the customer to tell us about it. And we've got all these tools in place. So, and that's really, I was trying to think about how do you come up with a way that you can sort of break it all down into bite-sized chunks so you can modulize it for people who are new to sales because they are scared of it. People think that, you know, you've got to be all shiny shoes and big teeth and come running at people with your hand like a jousting stick and say, boy, am I going to deal for you, which is just what gives everybody the heebie-jeebies. So that's where I thought these six fundamentals provides a way of doing it in a way that can resonate with people without it being too scary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to talk about customer language. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about those SMEs that need to scale. I think there's a couple of three things that really um, stick in me. And people getting into sales, I think that they've just got to be themselves and be real. If you're trying to be anybody else, you get caught out. People are further down their pipeline or funnel now than they ever used to be, like, you know, because they've got access to all this information. But at some stage, they want to talk to someone who's going to hold their hand through the whatever stage they're at. So they just want to engage with people. People still want to connect. In fact, I think they want to connect more now than they did since we've all been released from where we've been for the last couple of years. So the third part of that is just being a problem solver. Because if they have that mindset of being a problem solver, um, then you will be inquisitive and ask insightful questions. And the biggest, best place for those SMEs that have dropped their turnover to start is with what they've already got. So I like to say, polish what you've got. And that's that whole, they think about, oh, I've got to go and find some new business, some new customers and here, off over here, there and everywhere. And you do, you do have to do some of that, but you've really got to look at your existing customer base. And so many of the SMEs that we deal with, 
they don't even understand about categorizing their customers and having a look over the last two to three year sales figures to see where's my money coming from? You know, am I chasing money or following unicorns and looking for who's increasing and who's lowering and making sure they understand why? And then they can work out where they should focus their efforts on those people. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I love that. So, you know, helping people solve problems or, you know, let's focus on helping rather than selling. Yeah. yeah, so if they know that whatever the, the situation, so if you, they might be an agribusiness, they might be, say, farm machinery salespeople. So the farmer's not really interested in the tractor. He's interested in what it helps him cultivate, harvest, plough, whatever, because that's something he is interested in and needs to. I mean, people are worried about two things, aren't they? Productivity and profitability. How can I get my turnover up as high as possible with the least amount of inputs. Yep. So in an agribusiness space, if you can talk to the farmer about asking him how the season's been and you know what sort of yield did he get this year, which is not about your product, that's trying to understand where their pain points are. It's how oh, we got we harvested this year, but harvest was a lot longer than it would have been because I had issues with mechanical breakdowns and I wasn't able to get the amount of throughput through my particular implement that I wanted. So there's your opportunity. So actually, so if you're able to you know have something more reliable or look at a slightly different type of machinery that enabled you to generate or harvest quicker, would that be of interest to you? Because then you're starting to talk to them about their pain points. And that's sort of where I like to go with clients, especially for those smaller ones. Because, And if they're new, and if the sales managers who are listening to this and are thinking about their team, one of the best pieces of advice I got from my sales manager when I wanted to learn more about irrigation, I said, oh, what's some books I can read about pumping so I can learn more about it and be intelligent? And he said, just go and ride shotgun with your customer and ask questions while you're out there with them. And that's where it'll come. Yep. Yeah. But I think that, that you know, there's a real challenge. So I, I agree. And and I've shared this before, but I used to sell um, to Woolworths and, and those kind of, you know, like I was a FMCG sales guy. And um, I used to read books on shelving displays, you know, like, and like, and I had no interest in, you know, the, the fact that if you put something at eye level, it it's costs X amount of dollars more than if you put it at the bottom shelf. You know, you had to okay. pay money and yeah, yeah. And, and that, you know, that automatically whatever was at shelf height was going to sell faster than the stuff in the corner. And I didn't know any of that. I wasn't really interested, but I knew that my clients were. So I actually mm. subscribed to the magazine, you know, the supermarket magazine. So that's boring as crazy you know like i'm certainly not interested in supermarkets but it allowed me to give have the entry then you know into a conversation to start talking about planograms and talk about shelf spacing and talking about you know product efficiency and 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 things like that so that you then had a significant amount of credibility and what i see today is a lot of salespeople spend time talking about selling and not enough time talking about you know what their customers are after and I think it's good that salespeople are interested in being better at sales, but they also need to be able to, they need to demonstrate that as a personal development task. But then on the client side, they certainly need to be able to present themselves as a subject matter expert. Being a subject matter expert at sales, if you're selling tech or agriculture or something else, is probably not really helping you. It's, I used to be, when I was younger, I used to, when I was the master, I used to focus on learning a couple of three things without knowing everything I was talking about. So when we were having a conversation, I could ask a question which sounded semi-intelligent because I then knew it would spark a discussion where I would learn more about what was going on. You get the context, but you actually, you know, you got a chance to build a rapport. You're doing it genuinely because you want to learn. Um, and, and it's just that whole customer language thing. So the more that you can learn about what they're doing and their pain points, the more you'll uncover opportunities for 
you know, new sales because you learn more about what they're doing and you should be thinking that way. And I think that's the joy of B2B sales is that that curiosity that you need to have and empathy in what they're doing and genuine interest it just feeds on it. And in the back behind that, you've got to have that sales training and organization discipline and then process and your methods sorted out so that you can apply it so that in your mind, you're strategic. You know, you're asking your customer these questions because in your mind, by the end of this discussion or meeting, you want to get to a point where you've got an agreement to whatever the next step is so you can hold the initiative. But the more you can understand your customer's life and how you're making it easier for them, the better armed you are. And then you start to differentiate yourself from other people. And that's when you get that trusted advisor status. And I really enjoyed your podcast. Uh, I think it was in February where you, it was just a really short nine minute one, but you were talking about how you could um, generate discussions with potentially new clients. If you're a new salesperson, just by asking for some of their time to ask them about the challenges in their world and genuinely doing it without trying to pitch to them. Yep. Yeah. So if you're a new, new salesperson, you've got that, the newness, right? You've got an excuse yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're a sales manager and you're listening, you can always switch your sales teams around inside their geographical locations or, you know, or verticals, and then everyone's new. So then that gives them all an excuse again. So if you shuffle the sales team, that, that's a way that you can do a bit of a reset. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, it's so- a bit like building layered relationships with customers, isn't it? Doing it internally so that you've, it's like a form of cross-training, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, mm. so where else can we look – and so if we, if we want to get the customer lingo right, we want to get our customer language right, where else can we go? What, can, what else can we do? So you're talking about what their problems are. But the other thing I was looking at before is that polishing what you've got uh, is thinking about of your whatever your product range might be. You might have six or eight particular products that you're dealing with your customers with. And if you analyse those top customers you've got, you might find that there are only, you know, only one or two of them are using your full product suite. So there might be some that are, are using three or four or two or three, and you need those those white spaces that we like to analyze. And then actually being able to go and talk to customers, actually, you know, we are dealing with you with these particular products here, but I notice you're not working with us on this one. And you know, because of their language and their business that they do need that product. So if it's a mechanical workshop, you might be supplying them with hydraulic oils and you might be supplying them with engine oils, petrol and diesel, but you're not supplying them with any transmission fluid. And you know full well they'll be using it. So you can talk to them in their language about, okay, transmission fluid, um, you know, what are you doing these days with that? How's that working out for you? Just starting the conversation instead of saying, you know, buying this product from us, understand what it is they're doing and what their use is. And it's just another way of starting to maximize the return you can get from those existing customers. Hey, are you signed up to my VIP sales mailer yet? Every Tuesday, I send out a short email with some of my best sales tactics and ideas. It's a super short read. There's no fluff, no spam, just great sales strategies all coming from one email per week. To sign up, simply go to my Gumroad page. So that's markmc.gumroad.com. Importantly, it's free to sign up. I'd love you to come and join me and a couple of thousand other sellers in the VIP sales mailer. Now let's jump back into the show. So why do you think that people aren't doing that now? Like that seems super obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, but we noticed a lot through COVID. People would come to us and say, oh, you know, we need to go and grow a business. We're in trouble. You know, what do we do? And this is the whole bring it back to whatever you've got. I think people get a bit carried away with the whole bright and shiny stuff because sometimes you just got to get not down and dirty, dirty in sales, but you just got to do the hard yards. And people get scared of asking questions. The thing I say to people is the worst, the worst thing they can have when you ask a question of a customer is they're going to say no. 
So, and that's all part of being in sales. That's that being resilient and diligent. It's just taking a moment to breathe and having part of the plan. But that comes back to, to you know, one of the last fundamentals I got is knowing how to do it more often. And that's about having account plans and relationship management, all those things. So at a SME level, in that space we are talking about before, below 500, they won't have account plans. They won't be thinking about, okay, who else do I need to be talking to the organisation? How often am I calling on them? And what am I going to be talking about? And even if their CRM is a spreadsheet, which for a lot of people is a big step forward, they can still record that sort of information. So that just comes back to that. You know, you're talking their lingo, but behind it, you've got to be organised and disciplined with the way in which you manage those accounts. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the reason why a lot of people don't do it is because they are too scared of losing what they've got. So they think I'm already selling, you know, um, this fuel line or you know these products. These, um, and if I go and ask for more, I might actually get, lose the business that I've actually got. Yeah, but, I get that's true. I'd say that'd be the. But yeah. I can't think of a single scenario where that's ever happened to me. <laughs> it's fear, isn't it? Oh no, they won't want to put all their eggs in one basket. We'll mm. go and find out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've got a rapport with these people, and that's the thing, you're looking for a new business and that, that figure that we hear a lot, it costs seven times as much to get new business as it does existing. You already have a rapport with them. You have a relationship with them. Just go and ask the question. Yep. And and, and I also think this is a great little trick tactic. It's probably a better way. Tactic, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if you've got a sales team, even if it's two people, right, and and the smaller the business, the harder it often, often is. But if you've got a small sales team and you're trying to generate some activity into driving new business conversations and you're a full cycle rep, the easiest way to start building in those behaviours of going and having conversations and asking people about business is to do it with your existing customers because they're going to be the most supportive of your outreach yeah. and then once you've done two weeks of outreach to existing clients and you've got used to you know calling them up holding zoom, zoom meetings and asking for business it's only another small step to reach out to people that look exactly the same that you're not already doing business with and, and you've you got just, those stories to tell haven't you you've yes. got those anecdotes you can throw and say oh we're just you know you, you be careful that you're not talking about their exact competitor it's how oh, we've just been working with xyz workshop down the road they do something slightly different. And we've actually helped them uh, grow their turnover by X, Y, Z, or we've helped them do more business just because they were doing this with them. And that's that's like a scene-setting discussion you can have, and that's your um, validation statement, which says straight away to the new prospect why you should be listened to because you've just done something similar with someone who's like me, so you've got something to tell. And I think that's a really important thing in any salesperson's toolbox is having in their head to pull out at any stage when they need to those anecdotes of where you've been successful with someone like them and making sure that you articulate them in that customer's language in a way that you know is meaningful, just to set a scene. And then you can go and ask if you can ask more questions. Yep. And, and I think it, it makes it really powerful too, because you're not talking about yourself. Um, so it gives you license to share somebody else's good news story, right? Everyone yeah. wants, to, wants, wants to hear about a business that's going great, particularly if they're in their sector. And then, of course, the next thing is, well, hang on, if they're going great, what are they doing that I'm not? And yeah. if it just happens to be, you know, partnering with you in some respect, well, then that's a win too. I like a statement. It's called be the mayor. So if you're in your territory and you're going to visit people and they know that you're out there seeing things, what they want to know is stuff from you. They want you to be able to share information about what's happening in the industry without giving away trade secrets. And then you sort of become known as the mayor of your area or the font of knowledge. And you, they might want to know, how can I get access to something else, which is not going to get a sale directly for you, but if you are seen as being the, the fountain of knowledge and the, you know, you're ingrained, also, instead of selling stuff in the industry, become part of the industry you're in. 
you know, get yourself elevated to that point. And that only happens if you have a genuine and sincere interest in what your customers are up to and what the industry is going on about. Yep. And I think right now is a really good time to make sure you're in the right vertical and the right industry because salespeople right now are, you know, in high demand. So if you wanted to move from agricultural, for example, into mining, you know, now would be a good time to do that because people are going to be, employers are going to be less strict about you having to carry something from inside your net, you know, your net, your existing network. Um, mm-hmm. And they'd be more likely to employ you because of your um, sales skills rather than your network. But when there's lots of salespeople available, um, you know, people want to hire people that have got, you know, domain experience. Um, so right now, if you find yourself in a particular sector, tech for tech sales, for example, and you don't like it and you'd like to be in agricultural, then now's a great time to move. And because- oh, you, Especially agri-tech. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you find yourself in a place that you like, guess what? It's really easy to sell. It's much easier to sell products and services that you love. Absolutely. It becomes fun and it's exciting. And it, it is a great time now for people in the sales profession. I was going to say game, but it's a profession. It to sit down and actually map out, where do I want to be in five, 10 years' time? Because you can basically sit down and say, okay, I want to do this for this period of time, learn about this, then go to this place and do that, get more adaptable, prove my methodology or whatever you want to do to wherever you want to end up. It's, mm. You can be completely strategic about it. But the joy of B2B is you have fun along the way. The other th- and the other thing I'm, I'm really sort of saying quite passionate about is that if we can keep those skill levels right up and people are uh, helping themselves and building a capability, it's not just about cannibalizing competitor business. Most of us are selling products and services that help businesses become more profitable and productive. And if that happens, then there's an economic, a wider economic benefit where those businesses have got more to invest in employing more people, producing things smarter and harder. So there's a whole economic wellness benefit, for want of a better term, that comes out of it. It's not just about learning to flog business off your competitor. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So that's 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 um, that's a great point. There's a podcast there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ian. Um, Keen to wrap it up because we want to do the right yep. thing. Um, so, if people are listening to this and they and you know they only go and do one thing differently as a result, what would what would you suggest people do differently? I thought about this, and I think it sort of encompasses a couple of things. If they can just go out there and ask more curious, insightful questions, so they can learn how they can better explain the positive impact of what their products have on their customers' businesses. That's it. Yeah, because there's a whole lot just within that. It's just a mind, it's a mindset change for a lot of people. If they can realize that they're problem solvers and sales is just the vehicle, then they'll have a lot more fun doing it. And they'll take a lot of pressure off themselves too. Yep. Helping, not selling. It's just yeah. thinking, how can I help Ian today? What would how can I help Ian? You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> so um Ian, we'll put a link to the book. Okay. So Thank where, you. Where, where can we grab that? Um, uh, online at my website, which is iancartwright.co.nz. Soon to be up on Amazon, but it's online there. Yep, it does take a few weeks for it to get on Amazon. Mm. Um, but that'll be good. You'll enjoy seeing those little royalties pop into your bank account in from to- every month. That, that's a good I've thing. I've got to get past thinking, no, someone's bought a book. What oh, are they right. thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about if people want to get more of you? Like, is there a social media platform that you're active on? Yeah, so if I go to LinkedIn, they'll get uh, Ian Cartwright NZ. They can find me um, on Twitter at Sales Coach Ian, but through my website they'll find the links to um, the other socials yep, and yep. sort of and regular content up there that's designed to be helpful and just simple tips and uh, yep. hopefully helping people and build their capability. 
Yeah, so that'll be great. And and you're one of those people I like swapping a message with on Twitter. I'm, I think Twitter's really good fun. I think uh, it's going to grow more. It's not, it's not big here in New Zealand yet for what we're doing, but it will grow. I think it's just the way it's going to go. And it, I know it's big and egg. Farmers talk to each other on it. So it's, it's, it's something better about it, I think. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Money Twitter. I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ian Cartwright. Uh, author of um, what was that of your book again? Six foundations. The six fundamentals. The six fundamentals of sales. Sales know-how. know-how. Mate, I really appreciate you coming on to the best of sales skills podcast. Thanks for sharing your time, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, if you've been enjoying listening to this podcast, my guess is you're someone who's trying to kick a few sales goals. If you're looking for a hook to land a new client or perhaps just some sales inspiration, jump across to my Gumroad page. You can find it at markmc.gumroad.com. There's a bunch of stuff to help you be better at sales right away. For example, you can grab a copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth along with all the templates and scripts, or maybe even grab some time in my diary for a one-on-one sales capability discussion. Either way, check it out. That's at markmc.gumroad.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.